0: This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. The Jersey sounds of Power Talk. Nine after 11 Knox man standing in for the Queen of Hearts, Laraton Mbele. We're changing tech now because this evening, 7pm, the President Cyril Ramaphosa will deliver the state of the nation address. And it's interesting because this is the last state of address for the sixth administration, because in a matter of months, we'll be ushering in the seventh administration of the Republic of South Africa after the general elections that that will be held in a date still to be proclaimed by the president. So for now, we're going to preview, do a bit of a reflection on, uh, on, on, on on his term as the leader of the executive uh, of the sixth administration and what really can be expected in tonight's uh, State of the Nation address. So uh, to help us uh, reflect on this, it's uh, Togozile Madongo, researcher at the Southern Center for Inequality Studies at uh, Vets University. Togozile, good morning to you. Welcome to Power. Uh, good morning, Ryan, to the listeners. All right, maybe as a stud, I see... On the television monitors, yeah, that uh, the EFF six, remember those that were that have been banned to be in parliament uh, because of the altercations of the past, they took the matter to court. Uh, that application has since been uh, dismissed with costs. So, meaning that uh, uh, the president of the EFF, Julius Malema, uh, Fred Chivambu, uh, Snaotambo, and the other three, so six of them in total, will not be. Attending Sona. So, to in terms of the in terms of the actions that we normally see that are led by the by by the leader of the EFF, Julius Malema, during State of the Nations addresses where they do protests and stuff. After this court um, judgment, do you think it will happen? Because it's not the entire members of the EFF of of, of the EFF that, that have been uh, banned to attend Parliament, but just the six of them.
1: Um, I have to be honest to say that it's not clear. I mean, Julius has come out with some fighting words um, that uh, even though he's not there, something will happen. But I think it really speaks to the fluff, you know, the kind of... um, uh, over the last five years that we've seen and a little bit more than that um, around the actual process of parliament, which is absolutely critical and the contestation. And it should be an arena of, of debate and discussion. Um, and so, so the question, I suppose, for both the, the ESF and for the DA and for all the other parties, the ANC, is what kind of debate, discussion, what kind of space do they want to, to create? To enable us to have conversations that have real meaning um, and impact on the lives of the, the extremely vulnerable in our communities and neighborhoods.
0: Yeah, indeed. Okay, let's um, look at uh, what we expect from the president Tokozile um, because he came up with, uh, I think, seven priorities when when uh, his administration started the the sixth administration um he spoke about growing the economy he spoke about the priority number one he says it used to be priority number seven but he took it up to number one saying to build a capable and developmental state we know that it's more of a long-term project but he said it in his first year of taking over the president in terms of that one are we seeing any progress in, in terms of building a capable and development uh, state, in terms of the, the efficiency of the public institutions within the country?
1: So I've been saying that, you know, um, in terms of uh, kind of commenting, and mm-hmm. the president put out a very interesting um, uh, review, actually, that gives some kind of content to the, the seven points. But essentially, I've been arguing that it's a case of two steps forward, one step back. So we've seen some incredibly important strides being made in terms of beefing up our uh, corruption and anti-crime infrastructure. Um, we've seen some uh, dedicated rebuilding of the um, uh, of SARS, uh, and so, you know, there has been some energy to be able to deal with the legacy of state capture, but also to think more broadly going forward what we need to be able to have a state that doesn't succumb to that kind of corruption um, and and capture, uh, to to be frank. But um, in terms of building a capable state, we looked at the medium-term budget policy statement last year um, and saw a very, very different picture of actually The dismantling of the state, we're seeing a contraction in spending on the public wage, uh, on public wages, for example, a 4% contraction in the government wage bill, which just if you do a little back of the envelope um, analysis means that there has to be a 40,000 personnel cut. In the public sector. Now, where are those cuts going to happen and what impact are they going to have if you're talking about a capable state? And we have um, already in the, in the Western Cape, doctors and academics putting out a public letter saying, look at this situation. We can't employ doctors. We can't employ health personnel because of these budget cuts that have come into play from last year, but are likely to be worse." Um, going forward. So how do you build a capable state when you have uh, public sector workers who are working extremely hard who are in a unit of maybe five people are now down to a unit of two? How does that you know, enable the Batupele principles or feeling as if they're able to do their job the best to their ability?
0: So basically, he didn't do well in terms of this particular key priority. So let's move on to the one of growing the economy. And I want us also to be... Uh, to reflect on it in the context of what we experienced uh, the covid 19 pandemic um and subsequently we had those july um unrest and so on but the issue of economic growth because that's one thing that he spoke about passionately when he took over the presidency also introducing things like uh, investment summits you know i think he had two to three investment summits in Johannesburg. There was also a job summit where he even came out to say through the social uh, pact, through the social compact, I've been advised by the communities, civil society, society that we need to create a 24-hour economy in this country. Those were his own words. Mm. Um, so in terms of the economy, um, have we, you know, quite obviously we haven't grown, but How do we judge him uh, on that? Should we just say uh, COVID uh, derailed things or not?
1: No, it's, it's, you know, part of me wants to say to give him a a, a fail, but I almost want to give him a 49.5, you know, to say that, yes, um, we've found ourselves in a global economy. We're dealing with, you know, massive structural uh, issues like climate change, for example, um, and legacy issues like uh, ESCOM and Transnet. They didn't appear five years ago. You know, these were issues that they were falling apart when he arrived in office. Um, and so in some ways, we have to give some credit to say, look, there was the global financial crisis in 2008, then we had the COVID crisis, um, and now we're faced with a structural issue, a supply-side crisis, in terms of ESCOM, Transnet, and now we're hearing more and more that we have a water crisis in the, in, in, uh, you know, for the slowly coming to bear. And so what, what has that meant for growth? You know, It actually has meant that the economy has slowed to a meager annual average of about one point five percent between two thousand and eight and twenty eighteen, compared to 05 percent of the previous ten years. And so when we look at growth now, it has slowed even further. Um, and so we have this what what understood as a perfect storm. So we have a situation where the global economy has 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 taken a knock. We're now facing enormous domestic issues that we that are causing problems uh the rand has depreciated quite considerably making imports more expensive so it becomes this vicious vicious cycle and we even have a revenue uh, collection uh, drop so we're not uh, you know getting as, as much taxes because people are not earning as much and so we have this vicious cycle of an impacting uh, grinding to the halt of a weak um, economic performance and poor growth performance and it's lagged behind population growth because remember we also you know you know the population keeps growing and so our needs and what the state needs to provide continues to grow. But if we don't have the resources to be able to make those provisions, it it creates a vicious cycle.
0: Mm. Interesting indeed. The voice of Togo Zile Madongo, researcher in the Southern Center for for Inequality Studies at the University of uh, the Vatros Rand. All right, we are looking at what to expect from the President's speech, also reflecting on some of the pronouncements and commitments he made to the nation when he took over as the Commander-in-Chief of the Republic of South Africa. I want us to look at the issues of crime, because they keep on saying that um, in order to grow the economy, Uh, it's important that government should create an appropriate environment uh, for both domestic and international investors. So crime, and I know that he has has, uh, spoken about, you know, what they need to do and so on and so forth. Have we made any impact in terms of dealing with elements of criminality and lawlessness in this country?
1: I think there have been some important changes. I think the appointment of the uh, national Director of the National Public Prosecutions was absolutely critical and new leadership um, in the Hawks. Uh, we've also seen um, some funding going towards uh, these systems and addressing, uh, for example, um, illicit financial uh, uh, flows, um, and uh, you know uh, tax avoidance we've seen a bulking uh, a sort of building up far so all of these areas become important where we need to ask some important questions is if we are going to beef up the policing um, in our communities and neighborhoods if we are cutting the public wage bill as i mentioned earlier who where, or how are we going to pay for these additional uh, uh, boots on the ground which we need Um, and those are also important jobs and in some ways they're green jobs they're not uh, carbon heavy jobs they can be decent jobs my grandfather was a policeman um you know these are jobs that are that should be be um, again sort of give given the, the the gravitas that they require but we're not investing from at least the medium-term budget policy policy statement's perspective, unless something gets tabled differently uh, on budget day and unless the the president says something different tonight, we have to question the numbers that he mentions. If he mentions new boots on the ground, where is that money going to come from and how are they going to pay for them? Mm. And so we have a real question around... Um, capacitating our local policing, our neighborhood policing, um, and also this very uh, unequal divide between public and private. Um, You know, so public policing and then private security. And that dynamic also needs to be looked at carefully in relation to how we share the burden of looking after our communities.
0: Yes, indeed. And I want us to... I want us to reflect on the elections and it's good that the presidency yesterday cleared this particular matter because there were talks that potentially the president will announce the date of the elections uh, tonight but through the spokesperson vincent maguena yesterday they did indicate that it will be announced within uh, within 15 days uh, from today so meaning that it's not going to be announced today but but i suspect that he might have something to say about the elections okay but i'm just wondering uh, togozile because in recent weeks in various campaign trails that are happening by by different political parties but in particular former members high ranking members of the anc who have gone on to form their own political parties in the form of uh, former president of the N.C. Jacob Zuma, who is now a member of Mkondo is a party, which is registered with the IC, as well as uh, Ace Mahashule, former secretary, who was also a premier, and we know that uh, uh, Zuma was also the president of the republic. Uh, Mahashule through his party act uh, on the campaign trail. Both of them, on separate uh, on separate occasions, they they cast aspersions on the integrity of the IC you know, to an extent of saying things must be changed. They know how things were done and it's not correct and so on and so forth, which is a very dangerous talk, especially if they lose elections. Uh, You know, it's a dangerous talk to cast uh, those aspersions. Do you think that the president might comment on that or Sona is not the platform? you know, just to just to, to talk about the importance of the IC, the integrity, and maybe rebut what the people are saying, oh, this is not the platform?
1: I think it's absolutely the platform. We should be concerned. And, I mean, this is where you have the split, right, in terms of him t- speaking as the president tonight, not as, um, you know, as the head of the ANC or party candidate of the ANC. So in his capacity as the head of state, he needs to tell us, the people of South Africa, that our IEC is gold, is gold standard, will be looked after, will be fully capacitated, will be enabled to do its job. Because because one of the cornerstones of any democracy is your electoral um, independence and ability to work. And we've seen globally that this is under attack. I mean, I could mention a number of countries. Uh, I mean, the most obvious one being the United States, is that, you know, I, election commissions come under threat um, all the time. And so I think it would be great if he did come out speaking strong in the same way he talks about the South African, uh, you know, uh, SARS. You know, he does the same thing. He speaks about, you know, we looking after SARS, making sure SARS is good, the NPA. It should be the same for IEC. And actually, just to add to this, uh, although it's not the question you asked, but we should also ask him to speak to the, the independence and quality and fully funding of our Stats SA because we need data. We need to know what the lived experiences of people on the ground. And so Stats SA is also a critical, critical, critical institution in our democracy. And so we should also care that that's also functioning and fully funded and able to do its work.
0: The voice of. Uh... Toguzile Madongo, there from the from Vets University, is a researcher, and we're talking about the expectations as far as the State of the Nation address by the president is concerned this evening, um, uh, starting at 7 p.m. Don't forget that uh, Power 987. We'll, we'll give you that speech live um, starting at seven o'clock. So basically we'll have your bulletins starting five minutes earlier at five minutes before the hour seven, so that if you are driving, you're on the road or you're streaming wherever you are and you want to listen to what the president has to say, it's going to be an opportunity uh, at seven o'clock. So we'll give you that uh, State of the Nation address. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we wrap up our conversation with Togozilla Lamadongo Madongo. The South African Security Agency has moved
1: to clarify that it has suspended the grant as Union Satu says it's confident of a smooth start to the Sears Academy.
0: Unanticipated. Unpredictable. News
1: just happens. Dr. Kossienz Ramukhaba says that the power system remains unreliable. And when it does...
0: Trust us to be there and to bring it to you. US
1: Secretary of State Antony Power
0: Network. News, covering your news 24-7. Around the clock. Stay informed. And for more up-to-date news, follow us on Twitter at Power987 News. Power 98.7. Now we're talking. Murio Sanyane on Power 98.7. All right, 27 after 11. Um some high-profile um, vacancies in our security agencies still not filled and quite a, a very worrying situation as far as the state security agency is concerned. The DG has resigned and we know that... Uh, uh, she was just less than a year in the job. Um, There's lack of consistency when coming to that DG role. Uh, Luiso Jafta acted for some time. We had the head of uh, domestic intelligence, uh, Ambassador Mofe. Um, contract ended and then he's now the ambassador in South Sudan and so on. Important. Strategic positions in the intelligence community, considering what we're going through, any expectations that they might be announced today or we shouldn't hold our breath?
1: <laughs> I, I think it's quite a, a tricky one. Um, I think, you know, some mention has to be made uh, because, as you said, this is a strategic um, and, and critical component of state um, apparatus. And so, to not mention it would be, uh, I think, uh, uh, to be to the president's disadvantage not to speak um, clearly about the situation. Um, but, you know, having said that, it, there there is a lot going on in the background that many of us are not aware of, don't know about, that needs to take place in order to get these positions filled because of the nature of, of uh, the job. Um, you know, it's, it, these things are kind of secretive in and of of their nature so I yeah I wouldn't I would hope he would say something but perhaps not hold my breath
0: (laughs) okay as we conclude something that I didn't ask you that is in your mind that you need to hear from President Ramaphosa
1: So I really would like him to say what's happening to the social relief of distress grant um, and the presidential youth employment programs. Those have been absolutely uh, excellent programs that have come in and they need to be funded and they need to be expanded. The need is great. Over 18.2 million South Africans live on 38 Rand a day and we need to be talking to them this evening. He needs to talk to them to say how the job he's doing um, or has done and will do will uh, impact uh, on their lives.
0: We thank you very much there, Togozile Madongo, researcher at the Southern Center for Inequality Studies at VETS University. Appreciate your great insights there. All right, let's go over to the news headlines. 11.30, Rishoketri Malachi.
1: Thanks, Mario. Good morning in newsmaking headlines. The Western Cape High Court has dismissed with costs the EFF's bid to overturn Parliament's new rules. The new joint rules announced by Parliament prohibit MPs from disrupting the State of the Nation address as well.
0: You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.